Welcome to the Winging It Travel Podcast with me, James Hammond, where every Monday I'll be joined by guests to talk about their travel stories, travel tips, backpacking advice, and so much more. Right now, I'm taking the podcast on the road traveling with me. So tune in every week for short form episodes detailing all my travels alongside my Monday guest episode. Are you a backpacker, traveler, gap year student, or simply someone who loves to travel? Then this is the podcast for you. This is a casual, informative podcast designed for you to inspire you to travel. There'll be stories to tell, tips to share, and experiences to inspire. Welcome to the show. Hey, yeah, just a quick one. I just want to say there are many ways to support this podcast. You can buy me a coffee and help support the podcast with $5. Or you can go to my merch store with the affiliate link with TeePublic, where there's plenty of merch available to buy, such as t-shirts, jumpers, hoodies, and also some children's clothing. Thirdly, which is free, you can also rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, or Good Pods. Also, you can find me on social media on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Simply just search for Winging It Travel Podcast, and you'll find me displaying all my social media content for traveling, podcasts, and other stuff. Hello, and welcome to my next solo episode on the Winging It Travel Podcast. And today I'm covering my five days in Seoul in South Korea. And the reason I am doing a solo episode on this one city alone is because it surprised me. It's a fantastic place. And I didn't expect it. So I've got lots of things to discuss with you, some tips, some awesome places that we went to and some tricks as well. As you may or may not know, Seoul is the capital city of South Korea. And you can fly in from there from anywhere in Asia for pretty cheap. So we got a cheap flight from Taipei with Jeju Air, which is a South Korean low-cost airline. And it was fairly cheap, around 150 to 200 Canadian dollars, something like that. The only bad side was it was two hours long and it was bumpy all the way. So a bit of unfortunate turbulence. But we got through it, two hours in, got there. And you arrive at Incheon Airport, and this is about an hour away from Seoul Central area if you like into the Seoul station if you're going to like main train station or any area around that but you can get a travel card with those guys and it costs 4,001 which is about four Canadian dollars buy one of those top it up you might as well top up 5,000 10,000 one you're going to need it in Seoul and this will be your travel card for Seoul and also South Korea you can use it in Busan and any other city that you go to in the country there are two trains to get from Seoul airport and one is the express train. This is separate to the travel card. You can buy this. I think it's around, I'm going to say like $37, something like that. It's pretty expensive, but straight through, no stops. If you're pretty chilled out and just want to pay maybe just 2 3 4 $5, get the travel card, top up, and just go on the metro system. As I said, it takes about an hour. And for us, we had to change trains. And we're going to stay around this area called Yuljiro 4. So apologies for my South Korean pronunciation. So Yuljiro 4 is near Guanjang Market. Now you might have heard or read about this. This is the market that was featured in a Netflix program about food and they've done a South Korea Seoul special and there's a lady in that market who does this local South Korean food and she's been there for years and you go in the market and she's right there in the middle of the whole market. It's got a Netflix sign on it so it's very well known. And it's a great area to hang around in for food because obviously there's a local food market and not too far away, about a 20-minute walk, 
Uh, it's more like a business district if you go left uh, out the station and towards sort of like Ujuro 3, <laughs> goes 1, 2, 3, that area um, sort of near Lowell Park. There's a place called Lowell Park. Around that area is Western food, local food, cafes, restaurants and bars. So it's a pretty happening area. Our accommodation for our time in Seoul is at a place called the Hipsy Guest House. And we had a private room with a private bathroom for about 50000 a night, which is 50 Canadian dollars. And in Seoul, if you don't get in early or even if you want something a bit private, that is the least you'll pay. So just bear that in mind. There are hostels, of course, if you want dorm rooms, that'd be a bit cheaper. But if you need a private room, that is the price around that figure. First night, we got in quite late. We did walk to that area around Lowell Park. And the closest metro station to that is Jongak Metro Station. So you pop that in Google. And of course, we had something that I've never had before. It's a Western chain, unfortunately, but I'm going to say anyway. And that's Shake Shack Burger. Had one of those. So we popped in there. They do a vegan vegetarian burger. So note that down because I'm going to tell you bit further on that vegetarian or vegan food is very hard to come by but after that food went back and got into bed because we are out next day for a full day of sightseeing the plan was we went to the korean war memorial and exhibition and this is free so most things in seoul and in korea are free but to fuel up before seeing a museum we did go for a coffee at a place called the koro coffee the koro coffee is on the way to the memorial and we took a walk from the hostel and walked all the way down there. Fantastic day, sunny, 30 degrees, fantastic. Brilliant coffee, that. Western sort of looking calf, very hip. And just a real nice vibe in there, actually. And really enjoyed the coffee. And after that, it's probably about a 20-minute stroll down to the memorial. And this memorial is brilliant if you don't know much about the Korean history slash Korean War. Uh, I don't know too much about it. But you get to understand about why is North and South Korea, what happened in the Korean War, who was on whose side, all that sort of stuff. And for free, it's a brilliant, brilliant place for information. Thoroughly enjoyed it, definitely. We actually spent a bit longer in there than anticipated. Uh, but after that, we were planning to go to the Gangnam area, so Gangnam style, you know that song, and go to the Coex Mall, which is a huge shopping mall. And in there, they've got some obviously food places to eat, loads of places to shop for retail and clothes and stuff like that but also they've got the Gangnam style statue outside so you can get a picture of that went to the mall and one of the star attractions in the mall is the Starfeld library of course it's free and it's just a spectacular array of books very high up and the way it's just designed you can go up escalators to different parts of the library different floors great views people in there reading chilling out it's just a real stunning place if you're into books, libraries, and just kind of seeing some good architecture, really. And to finish our little visit to the mall, we had dinner at Plantude Restaurant. And the reason we went there is because it's vegan, and they do fantastic Korean vegan food. That's a fantastic full day of sightseeing. Next day is going to be the same, another glorious day, early 30 degrees, pretty hot. Make sure you get your fan and your towel, you're going to need it. And this day, we walked along, forgive my pronunciation here, Cheong Ye Cheon, and this is a little river stream walkway in amongst the whole city of Seoul at the top for about, must go for like two or three or four kilometres. As luck would have it, it's right near our guest house. So we walked along this stream, fantastic. Lots of people during the day just churn out with friends. The older generation are there walking along the stream, all flat, and you can walk from top to bottom pretty easily. 
if you went to Google and just put in Seoul like river walk or stream walk, I'm sure it'll come up. You can't miss it on the map and you can walk the full length of it. It's really good. And if you need any time to get up to the road level to go to shops, cafes or restaurants, there's normally ramps or walkways up. There's also lifts, I guess, for the generation who can't quite do that as well. So it's really well thought out, built, and it's quite serene, quite peaceful, greenery, bit of water, some wildlife as well. So really fantastic walk. Would recommend that. And in the morning, we walked there to Lob Park again to Paris Baguette. Paris Baguette is a chain in Seoul and in South Korea. And they just do sandwiches, pastries, baguettes, and coffee. Trying to imitate the French style, I guess. But definitely worth going to if you want a quick, uh, no thought about it, breakfast with a coffee. Coffees, I started to realise in Seoul, were expensive. Uh, they're hanging around the four to five thousand mark, so four to five Canadian dollars. And that's quite expensive. And they mostly are in cafes and in shops. The only time you might get cheaper than that is there are pop-up coffee stations, if you like. They're kind of very small, just like a little hole in the wall. They do espresso coffee, and they're normally two to 3000 So you can get a takeaway coffee if you don't want to pay 5000 and sit in. So we carried on walking, and the main sightseeing today was at a very popular place in Korea and in Seoul, and it's called Gyeongbokgong Palace. Again, you put in top things to visit in Seoul, in South Korea. This will come up. This like Royal Imperial Palace, brilliant. Cost about three and a half thousand to go in, so three dollars fifty, really cheap. But also the best thing here is they do a free walk and tour in English three times a day. So we got into the one thirty p.m. free walk and tour, and this is very much recommended because you get explained for an hour all different parts of the palace, but also the history of Korea and about the royal family and what. It was like in those days, and also some history about the actual place you're seeing. Recommend it. There's a little stall. If you, you can go to the ticket place and ask where it is, but if you go into the palace, because it's obviously you just go in, it's pretty open planned. No one really checks your ticket either. You go in, and to the right, there is a little stall with a sign saying English speaking tour, meet up, and that's where people gather. We actually had an hour between arriving and doing the free walking tour, so we actually decided not to go into the palace and go to a coffee shop called Drop Top Coffee. They have a little pop-up stall. You can sit outside in the shade with a bit of wind. It's okay. Decent coffee as well. Uh, sat by a fountain. And then we met up at 1.30 because you can go in there and just walk around and then do the tour, but then you would have seen everything that they're going to talk about, so you might as well wait. Fantastic tour. Enjoyed it. And then afterwards, we walked to the Queen's Bakery and Caf. Very local. Probably about a five-minute walk from that palace. And they do fantastic cakes, bagels and stuff. And we had a bagel lunch with a cold drink again a super hot day so you just need cold drinks all the time and the idea here is we're going to walk to a traditional village and it's called Bukchon Hanuk and this place is traditional Korean housing people still live there and it's got little signs in the street saying be quiet don't speak too loudly I'm not really sure visitors were doing that but so we obviously paid our respects and adhered to the rules and the signs and it's just a lovely area to walk in up and down the hills they've got views of Seoul as well and these traditional Korean houses is fantastic. The cobbled streets everywhere. Felt a bit of history there. I put a photo up on my Instagram of these locals dressed up in Korean dress. They're doing some sort of dance. So that's pretty cool as well. You see a lot of that in Seoul at these places that you go and visit. A lot of people get dressed up in the local traditional clothing. And you can rent them out for like $10, $20 as well if you're not a local. And we got told that if you do dress up as a local or in traditional dress, you get into everything for, th- for free. So as I said, it was three and a half thousand to get in for us. But I think if you go in dressed up as a local, 
you know, like the dresses and stuff, you can actually get them for free. But it costs you more to rent them out, so I'm not sure if it's worth it. So after a lot of walking around the traditional village, we needed a coffee and a cake. And we went to a cafe called Gossi Pium, very nice location, and had an amazing carrot cake and coffee in a really nice setting, actually, really nice and comfortable. Again, you need to put that into Google, Gossi Pium. I think sometimes it doesn't come up because it's actually in Korean writing, not in English writing, but yeah, G-O-S-S-Y-P-I-U-M. Brilliant cafe. And this was situated near the famous shopping street called Insadong Gil. This is a place where they have traditional markets, traditional shops, but also the brands that you see everywhere. And it's pretty popular with locals to go shopping. So it's a pretty happening district. And we actually popped into Haribo World. Wasn't that exciting. And actually started to rain, unfortunately, for the first time. So we didn't actually hang around too long. So that was a full day of sightseeing. Knackered after that. So many steps. We're walking so much in Seoul at the minute. And then next morning, we popped to a local cafe called Josh Willow Coffee. Very nice. And a typical price at four or 5000 Fantastic location. And the reason we went there is because I had an interview for the podcast, which was Carol, which is on this week's episode, if you check in on the Monday's guest episode. So we had coffee, had a bit of breakfast, I'd done the interview, and then we're going to check out another traditional village, and it's actually a mural village, a lot of arts going on, and it's called Iwa Mural Village, and we're getting the metro to Hichwa, which is a metro station, again a very busy area, and checked out a few things here, which was pretty cool. We went to a cafe called Cafe Travel, is there a better name? Situated right near the mural village, on top of a hill, got views all over Seoul. Absolutely fantastic. Coffee's great. Love the name. Great feeling. But one of the highlights was this mural village, Iwa mural village. Artsy, trendy, popular. There's like art on the wall everywhere you go. Traditional housing. Steps up to local like viewpoints. It's just a really nice area. Obviously, a lot of older population there. We saw one mural which was of a couple and a dog and just around the corner. They're having a coffee outside, so someone just painted that for them. We saw someone painting another mural in progress. There's a picture of Sun, the Spurs footballer there. So I've got a picture of that. Just a real cool area. Lots of pictures taken. Lots of stairs because it goes up and down. Traditional, great views. Would highly recommend it. Then we walked back down to that stream I was talking about earlier. And this is a tip for you. We saw one hypermarket that we could research. Now the reason I mention this is because hypermarkets are big supermarkets. You can get some food in there if you want to cook or get fruit because it's very hard to find. And if you go to a real local place and people in Seoul and in Korea don't speak great English, so you're going to have to know some Korean. But if you go to Hype Market, there's all the options of fruit and salad and cooking options if you need. And this one is called Ima Cheong Gya Cheong. So that is the name of the stream that I mentioned earlier. There's an Ima. It's about a 20-minute walk from Guanjang Market. But would recommend it if you need a big supermarket to do some shopping. So the reason I'm liking Seoul at the minute is because all these different areas got different things going on. They're popular. They're really nice to walk in. Loads of cafes and restaurants and loads of views. It's a fantastic place. The next morning was another sightseeing day and we went, we got the metro to Honggik University. This is a very popular area. And the actual area is called Hongdae area. I actually spoke to a guy on the plane coming back to Vancouver and he is not from Seoul. He's from the middle of the country in a place called Daegu, which is a city. And even he said that people know this area because it's very hip, 
a lot of youngsters, a university is there, and it's westernised. There's lots of western cafes, bars, there's even English pubs there, there's everything going on, super popular. And it's also a bit of a hub for the metro because there's like four or five different lines you can go to the airport, back into the Seoul in terms of the city. So lots going on. We got there and went for brunch at Camellia Cafe and I really needed like a Western brunch because I was struggling with Korean food at the minute. I wasn't really liking the local food. I'm not great with Korean food. Um, Bibimbaps are okay, but the rest of it wasn't that infused by it. So I was struggling a little bit and Emma being vegetarian, we were struggling to find non-meat options. Every local place you go to is meat, meat, meat. So if you're a meat eater, you're going to love it. If you're not a fan of like noodle soups like I am, it's a problem. But English breakfast was had. Again, it's going to cost about 15, 16 Canadian dollars. A little bit cheaper than Vancouver, that I've started to realise. It's not too bad, um, but it's not going to be your budget breakfast, if you like. And we started to realise that maybe a breakfast like that follows by something like a cake or dessert or maybe a pastry for lunch and then in the evening try and find something else. Then we walked to Emma's favourite shop called Banul, which is a knitting cafe. Lots of knitting shops in Seoul if you're into your wool and your knitting. So went there and then went to another cafe called Coffee Pop Roastery for coffee. Great place, done an episode on that, so that will be released on the other podcast. Watch out for that. But Hongdae area, you've got to check that out. Lots going on, very busy, lots of shops, very popular, bars, everything you need is there. And we actually stayed there when we came back. I'll come to that in a second. To finish that day, we actually walked down to the National Museum of Korea. Again, this is free for tourists. And it was good. It was okay. Quite interactive. There's some digital rooms in there. And this one room was amazing. Like 360 degree view of this digitalization of the history of Korea. And it's like different programs about different parts of the history. And it's just like surround sound. It's like a cinema, basically. Awesome. Very, very cool. And for dinner, we did go to Guangzhang Market. Unfortunately, as I said earlier, the woman who's there from Netflix, I mean, there's queues to get on on her table all day, I think. We got there, there's like 10, 15 people waiting. So unfortunately, we didn't hang out for that. But all the other stalls there do the same thing. So we had mung bean pancakes, and they were actually quite good. Quite a little bit bland, but they need soy sauce of it, which is what we had. So mung bean pancakes, and they are vegan too. And Guangzhou Market is right next to our guest house. So we popped back to the guest house and that was it for the day. A lot of walking. The next day was a bus to Busan. So I'll come to that in the next episode for South Korea. And to finish the Korean trip, we came back to Seoul because we're flying out from here to Vancouver. And we stayed in the Hongdae area at a place called Take One Guest House. Would highly recommend it. Very comfortable, very central. It's got a hostel feel. Lots of people hanging around. It's got a lounge. And you can leave your luggage there too if you need to hang around a bit longer. And we went out for a Thai dinner to finish the whole trip, really. Last night, we thought, right, we'll go Thai, play it safe. We asked for Pad Thai. Uh, no meat. They said, yeah, it's fine. But no meat, as of some countries, still means putting a bit of chicken in it. So just beware that there was, yeah, no pork, no shrimp, no beef, but there was a bit of chicken in the Pad Thai. And I actually had a bit of chicken with my curry. I had a Thai curry which is fantastic. But just bear in mind, if you're eating vegetarian, it's going to be very interesting. And the morning of the flight, went to a fantastic cafe called Hendrix Cafe. 
It's basically a cafe for Jimi Hendrix. Again, this is perfect for me. Almost like cafe travel. Couldn't believe what I've seen. He's got some photos of Jimi Hendrix in there. He's got a few guitars in there. He's got record plays. He's got tapes. He's got CDs. Everything in there. Add to that, fantastic coffee. They roast their own coffee too, so you can buy coffee as well. And just a fantastic way to finish the whole trip. We couldn't believe it. That was like 17 weeks of backpacking around. The last morning, had a coffee, got our stuff from the guest house and went to the airport. And it's quite surreal, really. I have done an episode on this cafe, so watch out for my other podcast if you want to check out more about that. And the last brekkie we had was at American Diner, can you believe, called the Travelmaker Diner. They do hash browns, eggs, bacon, sausages, all that. And it's very easy to go and order some Western food. And that pretty much wrapped up Seoul. The next episode will be Busan and Gyeongju. That was a four or five day trip too. And there's lots in there that you need to listen to about that because it's very, very worth doing. But Seoul, as a summary, amazing city. It's big city, busy city, but loads of cool individual areas. And I couldn't believe that we probably spent probably the whole time there, 10 days going different areas. And there's lots of stuff we didn't do. Uh, there's a fantastic site called Seoul Tower. We didn't do that because we didn't have time. The weather was fantastic. It's a bit humid. Um, but there's aircon everywhere, so you'd be fine with that. Quite expensive. Guest houses, $50 a night. Coffee's 5001 Koreans are super nice. will help you out. Uh, I would advise learning a bit of Korean. And the food markets look great, especially if you're a meat eater. Fantastic local food if you're into that. I did struggle personally. It's not my favourite cuisine, uh, but I got by fine. And that was great. Had some great ramen too. So an easy city to get around. Big metro system. Easy to get to the airport. Fairly moderate to expensive in terms of budget. Um, but great coffee too. So much coffee going on. All the sites are free. And overall, thoroughly impressed with Seoul. You read it's a bit of a boring city. I don't think it is. Lots going on, lots of different areas, and something for everyone. So I would highly recommend checking out Seoul. Uh, the one thing I didn't get to do, unfortunately, was the tour to the border. You can do half or full day tours to the DMZ zone, and there's one reason I didn't do it, because North Korea still closed their borders, so you can't actually step into North Korea. There's a bit where you step in and out. I really want to do that, and I wasn't going to pay 50, 60 US dollars to not do that. So next time, and I definitely will go back to South Korea, I'll do that, and hopefully that's available to do. And I implore you to go and check it out because you won't be bored there. It's a fantastic trip. Hopefully that inspires you to go. And next episode will be Busan and Yongju, and that'll be it so far for the travels of backpacking. And I'll do a summary episode of the whole trip. Cheers. Catch you soon. <laughs>